Listening Dog Media. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Muddy News Media. Hello and welcome to the Offside Rule with Football Manager. I'm Kate Borsay, all snuggled up in my little room with my woolly pullies on as we wonder where the sun has gone. Outrageous. Uh, well, alongside me, not so outrageously, delightfully, hopefully remaining as snug as a bug, it's Hayley McQueen and Lindsay Hooper. How are you both? Hello. Hello. Hi. We're, Any we're progress? Good. Any progress on dusting off the reporter jacket, Lindsay? We eagerly await information, of course, as we eagerly await the return of football too. Yes, I have got news, actually. I've got my first game confirmed next Friday. I'm doing Norwich versus Southampton on day two of the return. Um, So that'll be really good fun. It maybe needs a bit more than a dust now, like an actual proper clean. A proper clean. Is that for the Premier League, Lindsay? That's for the Premier League. Um, I I don't think at the moment the BBC, in terms of final score, will be resuming anytime soon. Just because of the way the fixtures fall, yeah. I had a quick look. And of course, with three o'clock kickoffs on a Saturday, there's just not much going on yeah. with League One and Two as well now complete. So, um, so yeah, it's looking quieter on that front. But I have had a couple of games confirmed. There's a potential other one that I might be doing that I can hopefully talk about in the next few weeks. But yes, it feels like there's things trickling in and, and stuff starting to happen. Hayley, in a few days' time, you start mm. back at Sky Sports for the first time since having Ayla, your lovely daughter. Yeah. Are you nervous about it? Are you Because sort of, it's always funny when you go on maternity leave, you sort of live in this bubble a little bit don't you? Mm. And when you think about breaking out of the bubble, you know, particularly in these times as well, and heading back into work, how do you feel about it? Weird, because I didn't think I'd be heading back during a bloody pandemic. So, I mean, this is just all a bit weird as it is. I just thought I'd be strolling back into the office, having lovely coffees with my friends, catching up with them, giving everyone big hugs and high fives all round, catching up on life for this last year and sitting in close proximity to a lovely co-presenter. But it's not going to be like that. It's going to be really strange. So I think if I'd have thought about things a little bit more cleverly, I'd have maybe taken a little bit of extra time off. But then again, it's a bit of a catch-22 because whilst I don't want to leave Ayla and I don't really want to throw myself back into an office situation... I desperately need to get back to being me and getting my brain working Mm, differently mm, again and getting away from baby brain um, (laughs) and just being sort of around other human beings and and getting my brain just thinking in a different way. And I'm predicting working on football. Well, I was just going to say, I'm predicting Mm. a lot of messages combining the fact that you're returning, Hayley, with the fact that football's returning. They bring you back (gasps) for the weekend where it's all going to happen. What, what, what a return, what a return. I couldn't have asked for anything better. Well, quite a few stories floating around this week. We've had confirmation on a couple of things as well. So let me just rattle through what's gone on over the last seven days. As you've mentioned already, Lindsay, Leagues 1 and 2 have called time on their seasons, apart from those in the playoffs, promoting Coventry and Rotherham into the Championship and relegating Tranmere, Bolton and Southend to League 2, where Swindon, Crewe and Plymouth 
win automatic promotion and were none the wiser on relegation because of Macclesfield's potential points deduction. And we've also seen La Liga restart on Thursday night. We're, we're, we are recording this on a Thursday, so it will be tonight, uh, with the Seville derby all to play for there with just two points separating Barcelona from Real Madrid. And the Merseyside derby will take place in Liverpool. Hurrah! This is the match, of course, that could see Liverpool officially crowned champions. I feel like we need to insert some da-da-da music. Um, Hayley, let's just pick up, first of all, with that Merseyside derby news. Is this the right decision after all that talk about neutral grounds? Gosh, it's so difficult, isn't it? I mean, as a Manchester United fan, I'm like, whatever. Liverpool can do whatever they whatever they like. Disinterested. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, the ideal situation... Um, we're not going to have fans in the stadium. I think resigned to that for a very long time, but would be to at least have the games in a home stadium just to make it. I just think that is the fair thing to do with so much change as it is. And with empty stadiums, you just want to be at home in your home stadium. And um, look, I don't think Liverpool have got too much to worry about. I think they're going to wrap up the season pretty quickly and I think I mean they're probably already in celebratory mode aren't they to be fair but the thing is we just don't know we just don't know what to expect when everyone comes back mm. and I think making assumptions is dangerous and um, Lindsay we've talked about how the majority of League One and League Two is sort of wrapped up really um, apart from those in the playoffs just um, tell us about who's been hardest hit from your perspective on that news this week Well, you'd think from reading press that it was Tranmere because it's actually Tranmere's chairman, Mark Palios, who's been most outspoken, saying that the system's been grossly unfair with the club being relegated. I suppose that makes Mm. sense. He's not going to be happy. But I would have assumed that the the biggest grievance in League One would be with Peterborough because if you look at the playoffs – Because it was done on a points-per-game basis, Wickham actually replaced Peterborough in the top six. Mm. So they're now out of the playoffs, and instead it's going to be Wickham, Oxford, Portsmouth and Fleetwood. So you'd think any Peterborough fans or anyone in the Peterborough hierarchy at that football club would be feeling quite hard done by. It's true, and you can't please everyone. Of course you can't. However, let's press on and talk about how we can please you on the show today, dear listeners, uh, with what's coming up. We're going to be talking about, as mentioned, Haley's return back on your screens. Um, Lindsay and I are giving her some slightly in jest, really, uh, do's and don'ts. <laughs> yeah, take our tips, reason. Hayley. I mean, you've <laughs> been doing it for how many years? I think you should definitely listen to us and what we have to say. Uh, and uh, we're also talking, yes, some very essential things, just just in case you've forgotten anything, Haley. you know. And we're talking the best number twos not those ones Lindsay but the other ones although I do have a story about those ones oh my god you would it, honestly you would. it was Does such sound sound effects ladies sound effects <laughs> <laughs> and a reminder we're on Jack Radio Fridays at four o'clock I like to move it move it I like to move it move it I like to move it move it you like to All right, let's go headfirst into our first topic, transfer talk. This week, it was revealed that the FA are in talks to move the transfer window to be open from August to October. I suppose it makes sense, doesn't it, to account for the pandemic. Well, while this season might not be finished yet, clubs are already getting their ducks in a row for next season. Makes sense, doesn't it? Plenty of transfer gossip and rumours flying around at the moment. So what's the Goss girls, please? Hayley. 
Right, I'm going to start with um, some big news from a big player um, which could involve big money move to Manchester United. It's the England midfielder Jaden Sancho because he's at Dortmund um, and it seems like they might be losing a little bit of patience with him. Yes, he's an outstanding talent, but he's been in a, a spot of bother recently as well at the weekend, just last weekend, uh, broke the lockdown regulations. He went and got a haircut. So he was in close proximity to somebody who cut his hair, um, which obviously isn't going to go completely unnoticed. Yeah, they're not very happy there about him and his, a little bit of his behaviour issues. Uh, their sporting director has been speaking to Sports Build saying, you know, Jaden's not only an exceptional footballer uh, who is noticeable on the pitch and now and then also outside of the pitch. So that was a, a little bit of a dig at him there. And they said, you know, sometimes it's not easy for us. They have put a £115 million price tag on him, but it looks like Manchester United could well be in for him right now. He plays with a former Liverpool uh, midfielder as well because Emery Chan is with him at uh, Dortmund and um, he's also told him to grow up. So there you go, getting himself into a little bit little bit of a trouble in Germany but could be heading back to the UK and if we're going to see him at any club it looks like it might be Manchester United. And I'm surprised, I thought it would be Liverpool. I thought oh, well, it would be because I know, I know he's keen but you know, you can't have everyone can you? I'll chip in, I know Lindsay you're looking at Chelsea in some detail but he is a player who might go the other way. Mishibachwai looks likely um, to leave. He's appeared 16 times for the Blues this season, scoring just the one time. Uh, there's a £40 million price tag on him, apparently, for the Belgium international. Looks quite pricey, I think. So let's see where that goes. West Ham, uh, according to reports, are the early favourites to land the 26-year-old, but, you know, would have to be for a lot less money. Lindsay. Every time I go on social media, there is a new story to do with Chelsea. Now, one of these has already been done. It's a deal that's signed and delivered. It's Hakim Zayek. Um, people may or may not be aware of that during lockdown because some things have passed us by. But there are other names. Um, I'm sure you won't have missed this week that Timo Werner is very close to signing with them from RB Leipzig, a very informed striker that's been taking a lot of people's attention over the last few months. Liverpool, another club Kate that were interested in that but just reading between the lines Klopp very much wanting to protect the dressing room environment he's got at the moment is apparently all about that so Chelsea are now the front runners to get Timo Werner Kai Havertz as well from Bayer Leverkusen attacking midfielder uh, he's got 15 goals in all competitions this season and that has hiked his price tag up you're talking about 70 75 million so not only are all these names being linked with Chelsea but they're going to be spending big sums and then I had to also so when this one popped up, I had to just really feel for Brentford for a second because apparently there's also interest from Chelsea in Syed Benrahma, who's a forward for them. Now, he's got 10 goals in the championship. I watch a lot of Brentford and, he, and Benrahma has impressed me, but I just feel for Brentford because they get raided every single season. Maupai, Hotter, when he went to Birmingham, they get this great player, bring them through and then they get robbed and it looks like it could be happening again. Well, talking of London clubs, another one in need of some bolstering is Arsenal. They're set to battle uh, your club, Lindsay Wolves, for experienced Italy defender Danielle Rogani. For Arsenal, though, it's also about getting rid of David Luiz, Mustafi too, and finding a good replacement. For Wolves, it's all about finding someone who'll fit uh, in their back three system. And the Midlands 
and the Midlands Club have supposedly submitted a bid for 18 million. One note of caution, though, is that Sarri is said uh, to not be keen on Rogani at all. So is he all that, I guess, is the question. Hayley. Well, I've got a, a couple of others to mention. Just a little line again on a Manchester United who could be um, opening talks with the Bayern Munich midfielder uh, Corentin Toliso. So lots of work being done between um, Bundesliga clubs and Manchester United. Um, he's a France international. Apparently, he'd cost around about thirty-five million euros. So what, thirty thousand pounds? So he's a name who has been heavily linked uh, with Manchester United over the, the last few weeks. Uh, what about Douglas Costa as well? He's actually at Juventus, and it looks like there's going to be a, a bit of a clear out at uh, Juve, depending on uh, where they finish the season or if he finishes on a flourish but he's admitted he got so down um, recently he's been constantly injured he hasn't featured that much for Maurizio Sarri but of course you've got Cristiano Ronaldo and Paolo Dybala to play alongside so you'd think well you'd want to stay at a club where the best players are playing in and around you but could Cristiano Ronaldo be leaving there's talk that he could be leaving the club so then would Costa want to leave as well it could be that um, if a club come in with enough cash he's been linked with both Manchester clubs as well that he could be on his way out but the big talk at the moment that he could be used as part of a direct swap deal as well for Chelsea's Jorginho so watch the space there just a little note um, I'm surprised you didn't mention this one Lindsay but perhaps you didn't want to because it <laughs> looks like Wolves I know what you're gonna say <laughs> could be losing a key man Traore what a shame yeah Yep, and it, there's talk that there's a bit of a hidden agreement with uh, Jurgen Klopp for him to head to Liverpool. I remember, of course, when he was at Middlesbrough and Tony Pulis brought the best out of him as well. They became quite good buddies there. He made him the focal point of the team. Um, he was absolutely brilliant, headed on to Wolves, continued where he left off, and it looks like he's going on for, no offence, Lindsay, bigger and better things. And just to, just to, <gasps> hey. add, to, his, I know, just to add to his talents, he makes a mean cup of coffee. Tony Pulis said one of the best things about Traore wasn't just his skills on the pitch, but the fact that after training, he'd head into his office and always bring him a cup of coffee, which oh, he'd nice. made himself. There you what go. A nice lad. There we as go. long as we hang on to Nuno, I don't mind. And let's just say the only manager to get proper tune out of Traore yet is Nuno. So good luck. The gauntlet <laughs> has been laid by Lindsay Hooper. All right, well, that's our transfer appetites whetted. Anyone for a number two? Okay, best number twos. Well, contrary to your dirty mind, this is not about going to the loo. I I know what you two are thinking. Uh, No, this is about Pep's new assistant, Mikel Arteta's replacement, Juan Manuel Leo. He's uh, the new man in the dugout and has coached the likes of David Villa, Yaya Toure, Andres Iniesta. You might have heard of a few of those. Uh, So he's got a pretty good CV and it got us thinking, didn't it, Lindsay? Actually, this was your suggestion. Uh, Some good number twos, the best number twos, in fact. Uh, Lindsay? Um, There was a number two I wasn't expecting at the weekend, which is the other number two variety, um, (laughs) which I just wanted to to mention. I don't have any pets, yet I was cleaning up and looked behind the sofa and there were two bits of poo behind the sofa this weekend. (laughs) What, What kind of poo? Well, we believe it to be cat poo. Apparently, when we had this lovely wow. spell of weather, we've had our big French doors open and behind our backs, as we've been sunbathing, <gasps> a cat must have come in and pooed behind the sofa. Laid out a fat one for you. Um, well, that's it for the rest of the podcast. It was most disturbing. <laughs> 
for the rest of the podcast, wow. we now christen you Lindsay Pooper. Uh, there we go. Uh, <laughs> I didn't do poos. it. <laughs> Are you sure? You're going to gonna have to invest in a litter tray just in case the little <laughs> pest comes back <sighs> to use the fancy toilet. I just can't believe it. I'm still, honestly, it's just defined my week. <laughs> um, what about real number two? Well, okay. what about football number twos? Football number twos. My first suggestion is going to be Jesus Perez, who works alongside Mauricio Pochettino. The solidarity between these pair is second to none. Um, he is involved in the majority of all of the discussions. Pochettino speaks so highly of him. And wherever they go, they go together. When they come back to the Premier League, which inevitably they will do one day soon, uh, they will be coming back as a pair. Now, actually, uh, Jesus Perez was instrumental in Pochettino coming and taking that Southampton job many years ago uh, when he didn't speak full English. It was apparently Perez and Pochettino's wife that encouraged him to make the move and that's when they came across to England. Pochettino has spoken so many times about this partnership and you only need to look at some of the quotes to see how highly regarded the Spaniard is. He says he's an extension of himself, so he talks about him being an extension of who he is as Pochettino, he also says he's my eyes and ears and he never, you notice this whenever Pochettino does a press conference and talks about decisions, he always says we, he never says I. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, his major, major strength, if you're looking at why he's such a good number two, is that he is a superb fitness coach. And that is one of the things that has been prevalent at, at all of the clubs that Pochettino has been at is the fitness of the players. And that's largely down to Perez. It's his speciality. Apparently, he's meticulous about it as well and a very good organiser. Um, he worked with John Toshak at Real Madrid. He said that he really admired him. But the one thing that used to hold other people back is that he hadn't played football. Um, and that seems to be something that goes alongside different managerial posts as well. If you haven't played the game, surely you can't be a great manager. And that was sort of laid at his door. But um, he's gone on to show that with the time at Spurs and Southampton and wherever he ends up next with Pochettino, that he is the number two to have by your side. Fabulous. Hayley, let's go to you. Great Scott. It's Steve Clark. He's mm-hmm. worked under a plethora of mm. big name managers and his own foray into management has been particularly successful as well. Yes, he's managing the Scottish national team. For I think even if Sir Alex Ferguson were to link up with Jose Mourinho, Jurgen Klopp and all the other great managers in the world, they still potentially couldn't bring the best out of Scotland. So I think that's a, a tough job for anybody right now. Uh, but yeah, Steve Clark, he, he started out at Newcastle United and he was there um, as an assistant to Ruud Hullet. They got to the FA Cup final, of course. Then he went on to, to Chelsea. He had a stint in charge of the youth teams as well, which I think is really important for, for an assistant. He was promoted to the position of uh, assistant when Mourinho was appointed manager. That was in 2004 and was a key part of the coaching setup there who, who went on to win so much. He actually handed in his resignation at uh, Chelsea, went on to West Ham and linked up with former Chelsea teammate Gianfranco Zola. There was a, a, a bit of a to-do with uh, Steve Clark leaving Chelsea. They, they regarded him so highly that they actually didn't accept his resignation. They rejected it and he had to pay compensation. A deal was actually agreed between West Ham and Chelsea so that Clark could become their first team coach. So that's quite unheard of when it's dealing with a number two. Normally, that would happen when it is your big name manager and you're trying to coax them in. He then, of course, went on to to Liverpool. He worked uh, with Kenny Dalglish and then West Brom 
in 2012 was when he was given his first ever uh, manager's job. He was still called head coach, I think, at uh, West Brom, but really enjoyed uh, a season there as well. He won four consecutive matches in November when he first joined and was named Premier League Manager of the Month. He then, of course, went to Reading, Aston Villa, and then his big moment, I think you'd have to say, despite having managed these big clubs in England, came at Kilmarnock, where he just completely transformed the club. He brought the best out of um, everybody. He won Manager of the Year awards. And then, of course, got the job as Scotland national team manager. I think the only reason he went on to become a great manager is because of all the the great names and people that that he worked with and to think that all these managers kept him at the club as well you know sometimes you'd be in at a club a new manager would come in and they kind of get rid of those around um those around the former boss but he was always very well liked and that's yeah. a common theme, isn't it? You'll either get a number two who, a bit like Potch's one, will you know stick with them throughout their career pretty much, or you get those who are bedded in with a, a, a particular club and the club see them as an essential part of trying to integrate a new manager or managers, certainly if they're working their way through them like they've done at stages at Chelsea. Talking of Chelsea, I'm going to uh, slot that in nicely to my pick of Rui Farrier. Uh, was alongside Jose Mourinho uh, for much of his career until recently. Um, one that fits in the category, as you mentioned, Lindsay, of the best managers not being the best players. He's never played at the high level, but it was alongside Jose for all his title wins, notably the Premier League in the 0405 season, where they only conceded 12 goals all campaign. It began in 2000, his relationship with uh, Mourinho. Mourinho was assistant manager to Louis van Gaal at Barcelona and Farrier was in the backroom staff and that's where they met. And Mourinho apparently took something of a shine to him and said, right, buddy, you're going to stick with me. They worked together at Porto and that's where it really began to strike gold, their partnership winning the Champions League in 2004. Um, following that first stint at Chelsea, Farrier followed Jose to Inter, Real Madrid, then back to Chelsea again. And there was that infamous incident where he got a six-match stadium ban in April 2014. So approaching the end of the season, there was that game against Sunderland. It's where Mourinho um, thanked Mike Dean sarcastically in his post-match comments. He also um, got into trouble about that. Uh, There was a stadium ban for an altercation that Farrier had with Mike Dean. That happened during the game. There was various incidents. Uh, So perhaps didn't cover himself in glory for that. But that shows you some of their bonds, some of their passion. Then followed Mourinho to Manchester United before taking the step up into management himself, where it's sort of fallen apart, actually. So this is why I say, is he uh, the best in himself as a number two. January last year, he was appointed manager of Qatar Stars League Club Al Duhai, uh, his first full-time management position. A year later, he was sacked after a loss to Al Sad. So there we go. Potentially much better as a number two. I wonder what he will go on to do next. All right, well, I'm going to round it up there. A much-needed um, salute to those brilliant number twos. Um, next up, it's Lindsay and I and our pearls of wisdom, us being kind of experienced newsreaders, Hayley being a very experienced newsreader. Mm. So what on earth can Lindsay and I impart on the pearls of wisdom front to Hayley McQueen? I want to dance with
All right, third topic, get into the groove. Oh, yeah, now Sunday marks Haley's return back to our screens on Sky Sports News. Uh, We've decided to put together a handy guide of what to do with a hint of sarcasm, uh, by the way, because Haley is much more experienced than us at sitting and reading the news eloquently and imparting information. This is what not to do and a bit of what to do, um, Haley. just in case you've forgotten, because baby brain's a real thing. I can can totally vouch for you. I feel really embarrassed Uh, that you're saying all this. I feel a bit... Yeah, I feel a bit embarrassed because you two are professionals. That you're, you're better than me in many other things. But yes, reading out loud um, <laughs> lines over and over, I seem to be not too bad at, but I am slightly you've worried. You've nailed it. You've yeah. absolutely like, nailed you've it, absolutely And you've got so much more experience than us. I, I've done very little in comparison. So it feels like a bit of a sham, really, that we're, <laughs> we're going to give you some pieces of advice. But I've got two. I've only got two. Two little bits of advice from me that I'll pass on. Go on. Okay, well, my first one is clean your earpiece because um, you can forget that. And as someone who suffered from an inner ear infection from, I believe it to be probably (gasps) a dirty earpiece that I haven't checked. Who's, who's, who's? I don't know, but on the road especially, you you swap around a bit more, don't you? But Mm. you've got your own one, Hayley. Just make sure you get those disinfectant wipes out. I don't know where it is. And I'm hoping that when I turn (laughs) up on Sunday in the little cupboards that we get given, that it is actually in there because at the moment haven't got a scooby uh, you're also going to be arriving at work i suppose to a wardrobe are they are they have they given you a new wardrobe or, or are you going to stick with your old wardrobe in in, in which case it, it well it, it'll probably be a bit big for you won't it yeah the old wardrobe are maternity dresses so for sort of from about three months pregnant i was already um i was already growing in size i certainly wasn't one of these kind of oh, is she pregnant? Isn't she pregnant? It was like, she absolutely is. And I'd be like, yep, I'm 16 weeks. And I'd be like, are you sure you're not six months? So um, <laughs> I'm going to keep them folded up in a little section just in case in the future I was ever lucky enough to become pregnant again. But it was, yeah, hard enough the first time around. But we'll see. I'm being optimistic. And I've, because obviously we've been in lockdown, you guys know I've been on a bit of a fitness campaign. I've lost four and a half stone. Amazing. So I'm a stone lighter than I was before I was pregnant. So I'm kind of hoping all those clothes are a little bit big and I get to pin them in at the back as opposed to trying oh, to figure out good. how to pull my spanks up and are, am I going to be able to do the zip up and fit a mic pack in there as well. So oh. I have purchased a couple of little things, but whilst lockdown's been happening, the last thing on my mind has been buying um, throwaway fashion or just buying anything really to wear. Yeah. I've been quite sensible and trying to be a bit careful with money, but I am quite looking forward to going back to see what does and doesn't fit. Yeah, might, awesome. Might, might be able to sneak in a few little purchases on Sky. Thank you very Ooh. much. Uh, well, here's some of my top tips for you. Now, I did a webinar earlier this week for Engine Sport and we were talking about the future of sport post-COVID, basically. Mm. Lots of intellectual opinions going on, none of which belong to me. But anyway, um, I was there and I was there with Ed Draper virtually of course who let us know what life at sky is like now i'm not sure Mm. you know about this Haley, but did you know you're not just going to be doing your own hair and makeup but you're going to be charging up your own microphone battery pack you're going to be your own tech operator you're going to be your own floor manager you're basically going to be doing a lot more than presenting so i just wanted to just wanted to give you the heads up from your colleague ed draper there about how much you might be needing to multitask 
slight, that slightly concerns me because technology and me are not the best of friends. There are still things on my iPhone that I haven't figured out how to use. And even just setting up this podcast initially was a bit, little bit stressful. So the sweaty brow, which is normally mopped away and helped dusted down by the makeup department, they're not even going to be there, are they, to help me out in this flustering... No. Mm. flustery situation so yeah I might have to add on an extra hour in the office just to just (laughs) Just to to get my just to do all of that yeah so (laughs) props to the prop guys and our floor managers who basically look after all that stuff that we do take for granted sometimes it's the little jobs that you think oh well it's just charging up the mic pack and turning on an ipad and linking it up to the system and getting iNews you think it just takes a couple of minutes but it doesn't actually. So I think we'll appreciate the lovely people that we work around a lot a lot more when they come back once we've had to do everything ourselves. Speaking of sweaty brows, so my oh. other tip, my second tip is mm-hmm. something that happened to me when I was presenting um, Premier League news um, over at IMG. This happened to me last season. I'm sure it's happened to you before, but whoa, it's one of those moments where you just gulp and just hope you get through it and that's when the auto cue fails so I just wanted to remind you to have a backup script because it doesn't matter how much we go in terms of advances of technology get a get a printout it's always useful isn't it to have it there just in case you know what one of my favorite things I (laughs) sounds a bit weird and this does happen quite often the auto cue does tend to play up there was talk of a foot pedal at Sky, but if there's breaking news or a new news story mm. that goes in, apparently it doesn't catch up quick enough. So I'd be operating my own foot pedal in some four-inch heels, which just doesn't sound the most appealing. We used to do that. Lindsay yeah. and I used to, mm. used to have a foot pedal anyway. So I've, I've used one before at MUTV and it, um, it caused... It, it caused me a lot of stress. So I'm, I'm hoping that there'll be a wonderful operator to help guide me through the auto queue. A lot of it obviously is off auto queue. I'm quite lucky that when I am there on Sunday in particular, in the coming Sundays and weekends that I'll be working, there'll be lots of live games to update. So there's kind of no script, which is where it's a bit more fun and you, you use your brain very differently. But I quite enjoy if the auto queue goes off and you just make it up. It cuts out halfway through the sentence and you just have to kind of, you you're in the middle of, you just go with it and you either just make something up, not completely wild, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo's coming back to Manchester United. But if you start by saying Ronaldo is about to leave Juventus and it cuts out, you kind of hope that you'd read ahead and a little bit has gone into the brain or you just kind of navigate your way around it and just style it out. But yeah, a backup script. I'm going to do that, Linz. I've got one that. more for you. If Hayley. I can work the printer. If I can work the Oh, my God, <laughs> yes, a printer yes, as well. Yes. If you're allowed to touch the printer. Oh, God. Yeah. Another one for you, Hayley. So a final one from me. It's just about having chocolate on set. Now, when I was at oh. Sky News, I often had to oh. sit on set for a long time mm-hmm. um, if there was a breaking story. And, and you're obviously in that position for a period of time, sometimes hours. Now, you'd obviously take a chocolate bar with you or a banana or just something to keep you going in case you were there for ages. There was one time at Sky News when I I, I took a twirl bar and I nibbled a bit during the break and I hadn't seen that the flake bits inside it had fallen onto my lap, specifically into my crotch area. So I was there on set for, you know, whatever, a couple of hours. Another guest came in eventually and I stood up during a break to let them through. When I stood up, I had melted chocolate all over my crotch and they looked at me and just went oh dear 
<laughs> I was like, it's not, it's chocolate, it's chocolate. Um, so don't eat chocolate on set or brush it off if you do, because if it yeah. sits in your crotch area, it's not a good look when you stand up again. Okay, that, is, that has happened to horrendous. me. Horrendous. Oh, has it? it? At, at Sky, we have these little, there's like a little kind of tuck shop style area of sweeties that they bag up into these little paper bags, which probably not going to be able to get when I go back because they can't touch them and separate them. So that's, yeah, I'm going to have to think about that as well, taking sweets on set. Mm. They have these little bags, like going to an old school tuck shop at school, of chocolate raisins and chocolate peanuts. Me and Jim White absolutely kill bags of chocolate raisins we'll put a little bag in between us on the desk to share. And it's like um, a bit of a race. Now, eating chocolate whilst presenting is not a good thing either. It kind of gets in the mouth and it clags up. So you, you always need a cup of tea and coffee to wash it down with. Probably water as well, but I'd rather have a mug of coffee. And um, there was an occasion and it was during the summer and I was in a light coloured dress and we'd just kind of thrown the, the, the raisins off the desk and they dropped down the side just so that you didn't see it on a two shot. And of course, a couple had spilt onto my chair, which I hadn't realised. Oh, I'd gosh. sat down and when the I stood up... The other end, it was the other yes, side. Yes, they looked like I'd done tiny little poos that had come <laughs> to a number twos, going back to that number twos. And you can't, you can't just you can't get it on. This is definitely a theme today. Yeah. Oh, so I was like, walking along the sky pad, making sure that I didn't kind of turn oh, around to the side. Me. Yeah, there we go. It looked like I'd... Mm. Well, yeah. look, after all that stellar advice um, and, some, and some recollections from you as well, I hope you feel set, Hayley, and good luck on Sunday as well. Uh, next up, let's finish up on some Any Other Business. All right, Any Other Business. I thought I had a theme tune sorted, by the way. Someone messaged me on LinkedIn, if you're any listening. Business, I, still, I still haven't had it through yet, the song. Oh. Anyway, uh, oh. let's move on. I'd like some Any Other Business. Uh, that's the short stories that you might have missed this week, by the way, folks. Uh, from you, please, Lindsay. Breaking news, because whilst we've been recording this, Deli Ali has been banned for one match and fined £50,000 for his controversial coronavirus tweet, which you mm. may recall from earlier this year. But that will affect things, obviously, as the, the season returns. So I wanted to mention that for Spurs fans. Hayley. Right, Joey Barton. Oh, my goodness could be set to star in a Sky documentary. Now, Sky haven't commented and come out to say that they were going to be running this, but it could be a behind-the-scenes look at his time in charge, of course, of Fleetwood Town. He's a controversial figure. He's very interesting. He's a real character. The cameras have actually been filming him for two years. They say the focal point will be the current campaign, of course, taking charge of a non-league side. But he's been in court as well. I think he's due in court later Mm. this month to face a trial after denying, do you remember, assaulting the Barnsley manager? Yeah, they were filming him, weren't they, when he had that punch-up, yeah. Yep, and they've continued to film him. And if this happens, I mean... This is set to be big. I'm surprised Netflix are not going to make it into a series. But if Sky can get hold of that, it is going to be brilliant. (laughs) Yeah, it will surely be entertaining. Now, talking of entertainment, uh, this is going to happen tonight. So by the time you listen to this, it should have happened. That's if it works. Because La Liga are promising the ultimate fan experience in terms of virtual fans in the stadium. We've heard loads of different plans from lots of different clubs, but they're using technology, La Liga. This is for the Sevilla versus Betis game uh, Thursday evening. La Liga's audiovisual director, Melcior Sola, has been speaking to The Athletic. He says, what you'll see is what you recall that you're used to seeing when the stadiums are full. They've been working with EA Sports and a Norwegian tech specialist 
specialist to produce images which trick the eye into thinking that the stands are full. As a viewer, he says, you're going to see something very similar to what you do now. So how about that? It's being billed as an entertainment spectacle. All I'm going to say is for that, for that billing, it better not go wrong. Mm. Entertainment spectacle. Not sure you can get much more entertaining than Walt Disney World, Florida. And that's where the MLS returns on the 8th of July. I love this story. It's going to be a mini tournament. So group stages, single elimination knockouts all the way to the final. And it's all going to be at Walt Disney. It's just a really good deal, isn't it? Because it suits Walt Disney, which are obviously closed. They've got hotel accommodation there and it suits the MLS as well. What a perfect partnership. Um, I would have hoped, had it not gone the other way, that League One could have done the same thing at Legoland or Alton Towers, but uh, sadly not to be. Harry Potter world. Think of all the mascots that you're going to have already, just ready at Disneyland. Disney World is going to be amazing. I've got most of their signatures from when I was 11. Yeah. Yeah, Hayley. Yeah. Right, chipmunks. Um, <laughs> chipmunks. I think, yeah, I think I've got an autograph book with um, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in there. You're both sad. Yeah, uh, Raphael, oh. Donatello. I, no, it always makes no, me laugh. Very sad. Splinter. It, makes me, sad. it makes me laugh so much that you go up to these people who are clearly just average Joe blogs in a costume and then they sign a book for you. <laughs> but, but when you're 11, they're not though, are they? It really no. is Splinter. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yes, yeah, Splinter. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I've just got a little one that I just thought was, it tickled me. So lots of people have been queuing up to get into fast food restaurants. McDonald's has opened and there have been queues for hours. And there's a player in Costa Rica whose name is Jonathan McDonald and he has McDonald on the back of his shirt. And apparently (laughs) he gets, you know, people kind of um, joke about this quite often. He turned up for a game in Costa Rica and instead of having McDonald on the back of his um, shirt, it said Burger King. So if we were in England, obviously, it wouldn't be allowed. It wouldn't be allowed. Um, There's fierce rivalry between not just the two teams that were playing, but of course, between Burger King and McDonald. But he was allowed to do it. And I do believe um, it was for charity as well. So at least there at least there is that to add to a slightly amusing story. Now, we've heard, haven't we, that Brighton are going to be using cardboard fan cutouts. So well done to them. Northampton will too, it seems, so we hear this week. Uh, They've got a a cardboard cutout of basketball legend Shaquille O'Neal ready to go uh, for their League Two playoff game against Cheltenham. Love it. My final observation of the week is courtesy of The Sun because they ran this story and I had to read it all the way through just from the headline. Whoever did the headline was great because it was saying uh, Leicester are going to finish their 100 million training base after delays due to monks and newts. And I thought, oh, what's this all about? Now, the first part of it, you'll probably think, ah, yeah, that makes sense. I get that. I understand. Because their Thai owners, uh, Buddhist monks, um, went into the King Power Stadium, actually, and blessed it, you may recall. And they blessed all of the squad the year they went on to win the title. So they've had them in. That was one of the delays because they had to wait for a certain time schedule to get the Buddhist monks in to bless the first steel column that went in for this new amazing training complex. That's not so much of a surprise. Prize. But the newts, oh, the newts, this all comes about because they are building this on an old golf course. And in that golf course, there is a pond which has European protected species in it 
Yes, newts are European protected species. And that means that they had to find them a whole new home. They couldn't just get rid. And that added weeks and weeks onto the build. So that's what has been uh, the delay. If you're a Leicester fan and we're wondering, there is an article out this week. Ah, finally, I love this move from Chelsea Women. They're going to be donating their prize winnings of £100,000 for winning uh, the Women's Super League uh, to the charity Refuge, uh, who help women suffering from domestic abuse. An outstanding thing to do. And when there's little money in the women's game and, you know, women's teams are often underfunded, that is an amazing thing for Chelsea Women to do. So well done to them. Well done to everyone behind the scenes. And whilst we're on the women's game, quick update. It was released within the last week or so. The next season will begin in September. Something for us all to look forward to. Can I just also, whilst we're talking women's football, give a quick plug for The Show Must Go On. On Saturday, it's on Mm. Union Jack Radio at 11 with Lucy Bronze and Leah Williamson. And it will also be available as a podcast for you to download. But if you love your women's football, you have to listen to some great stuff in there. Yeah, absolutely. A mega pairing. So well done, Lindsay, for being able to secure those two. Um, Well, we hope we've been a mega trio for you today. That's all for the show this week. Um, Keep up with everything we're doing either at Offside Rule Pod on social media or via our website, offsiderulepodcast.com. There's some European um, football news there from women's leagues as well. Um, Hayley and Lindsay, next time we speak, the Premier League will have started. So what will you be eating or drinking to celebrate very quickly? Well, I was talking to Abby, producer Abby, before we came on this call, saying that I might get some Doritos in, but she thinks I should get oh. beer instead. Oh, OK. Hayley? Oh, I might have hot dog and beer night. Yeah, I'm going to get bottles of beer, hot dog. I'm even going to get those cheap, crispy onion bits on top and some fake ketchup. Perfect. So kind of Super Bowl style for you. Yes. I'll be, you know, snacking on sort of organic halloumi, olives, mm-hmm. perhaps um, maybe some little um, little canapes that I can dig out. So anyway, probably not. Uh, anyway, listen, let us know your match day meals, please, if you're listening to this. And we'll speak to you next time. Bye. The Offside Rule is a Muddy Knees Media production. For sales and advertising, email sales at muddykneesmedia.com. Media. Sports Social Podcast Network.